0: Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel in Hookshead. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to, so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. If you're being encouraged or challenged by this teaching, would you consider giving us a five-star review? That review and rating moves us up the list so others might find us more easily so they too can benefit from this podcast. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. We're going through a series right now on the Sermon on the Mount called Be Blessed, Be Blessed. And in the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus takes a seat and He talks to His disciples and He, he rattles off what is referred to as the Beatitudes. And we are uh, we're about four or five Beatitudes into it this week. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse number 8. If you have the U-Version Bible app. The sermon notes are up on the Bible app right now. Just go to your menu, scan down to events, open it up, look for a manual. I mean, if you go next level church, you'll get a different sermon and you might be confused, so make sure you hit a manual. Um, And you can follow along, you're registered, you can take notes, you can highlight in your Bible. It's a pretty awesome app and I, I really wish everyone would get it. So we're going through the Sermon on the Mount. Several weeks ago when I was, when I was considering, Lord, what do you want me to preach next? What, what should I do? And the Lord really impressed upon my heart the Sermon on the Mount because the Sermon on the Mount is all about kingdom living and kingdom law. It is how believers are supposed to operate in the world today. And, and honestly, it was sort of a response to what we've been enduring with COVID-19, with the pandemic, with the stay-at-home order, and, and all of the division and the angst and the anger that's being portrayed all over the country on Facebook, on social media, Twitter, whatever you want to use as your favorite social media app, um, and it's, it's, it's coming from both believers and non-believers, and I began to think, Lord, how are we supposed to be acting in this present age? Right? I mean, there is, there is another level that believers are supposed to be living at. We are supposed to be living at a, another level. We have the Holy Spirit of God within us, if you know Jesus. And so here we are, Matthew chapter 8, it says this, I'm sorry, chapter 5 verse 8 says this, blessed or blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And if you've been with me for a while and you've you've studied your Bible, you know blessed means joyful, happy, right? content, favored. And so if we want to be happy, we want to be content, we want to be favored, man be pure in heart for they shall see God. Somebody's asking for the EBC password. I just shared it with John. I want to take you to another passage of scripture that talks about purity. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So take, take your Bibles go to Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Titus was a, was a disciple of Paul the Apostle. Paul was his mentor. He was a young pastor. He was a great man of God. And Paul wrote a couple of letters to these young pastors. They're called the pastoral epistles. And this is Paul writing this letter to this young pastor. And he says this, hey, listen, Titus... I want you to remind those church members of yours. I want you to remind your church to be subject to rulers and authorities to obey, to be ready for every good work. Now, I know you all think I'm going to go political right now. I am not going political. You read that. You think about it. May the Lord convict your heart. He says this now. Now, I'm not going to go political. I'm going to go Bible. Y'all, listen now. Speak evil of the people with whom you disagree. I mean, that's what I'm seeing on Facebook. You know, uh, I've got teenagers in my house. I was a youth pastor for five years, and it amazes me how people excuse rumors and backbiting. This is what they'll say. But it's true. It's not a rumor, Dad, or it's not a rumor, Mr. Davis. Rumor, it's, it's true. Well, so it doesn't make it any less a rumor if it's true. If it's degrading, if it's designed to degrade, then it's a rumor. Right? Speak evil of no one. Even the evil people speak evil of no one. To be peaceable, church, we ought to be peaceable. That's coming up in a few weeks. Be gentle, showing all humility to the people with whom we agree. Again, tongue firmly in cheek here, we're to be humble toward all men even those right-wing conservatives, even those flaming liberals, were to be humble toward all men. God forbid that anyone from Emmanuel would call someone a libtard. Man, you, I get lit up reading some, Trish, my wife, who is just, she's my wife. She told me Friday, she texted me, she said, you need to get off Facebook, (laughs) right? And then she said, ready? I'm not kidding. (laughs) I'm like, oh, when she says I'm not kidding, I should probably listen, because I was getting hot Friday. I was getting angry over some comments that I'm reading people, uh, even believers are making, calling people names that disagree with them. Folks, we're to be gentle, showing humility to all men, Not just men that we disagree, for we ourselves, maybe you're arrogant enough to think that you got it all figured out. What I realized over this last year, and I should have realized it a long time ago, is I don't have it all figured out. And things that I thought were concrete, I found out were more like quicksand. Things I was completely convinced in, I realized, hmm, I haven't sourced those things that I am settled in what I've come to realize is the only thing I can really be settled in is the Word of the living God. It supersedes politics, persuasions. It supersedes personalities, opinions. He says, we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. This is where we used to be. Or, or church, it should be where we used to be. But when the kindness... And the love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, that having been justified by His grace We should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Blessed are the pure in heart. Did you catch what I just read a moment ago? That we have been washed. The washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. That is the beginning of becoming pure in heart. That's the beginning. See, these Beatitudes, they weren't written toward people that weren't following Jesus. He sat his disciples down and he taught them. If you're going to try to walk in purity today, you're all going to need help. You're going to need help if you're going to walk in purity. If you're going to have a pure heart, it has to start somewhere because the Bible says in Jeremiah that, listen, the heart of man is wicked. Who can know it? We need a new heart. We need a heart of flesh. The Bible says that By receiving Jesus Christ, we exchange a heart of stone for a heart of flesh. One that can be led by the the Holy Spirit of God. So this is an amazing passage. We are made pure through the kindness of God and the washing of the Holy Spirit of God. So we have everything we need to be pure in heart if we have Jesus Christ. If we have received the kindness of God by faith in grace in Christ. So I want to challenge you this morning. Do you know Jesus? Do you understand that Jesus is God in the flesh, the living representative of God on this earth? An uncreated being, he is God in the flesh, and he lived for 33 years roughly, about 2,000 years ago. God in the flesh, and he, he lived a perfect life that we could not live. you want to talk about pure in heart, There was no mixture in his heart. He had an absolute heart of pure desire for his father. He said, the things that I do, I I see my father do, and so I do them. The things I speak, I hear my father speak, and so I speak them. He was fully devoted to his father, right? And so as he lived on this earth, he lived with an absolute pure heart, and then he went to the cross. And on the cross, this pure one, the Bible says he became sin, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness. Folks, you've got to trust Jesus for your sins to be forgiven, for your heart to be cleansed. The very first step is recognizing that Jesus is God, that he came in the flesh to save your eternal soul and mind by taking the penalty, the punishment we deserve, and proving that the Father was satisfied with that punishment by rising from the dead. So, have you trusted Jesus this morning? Do you know Jesus? Is He your Lord? Is He your Savior? We want to talk about living out this miracle in a practical sense now, but it has to start, listen, you have to start at step one. You can't live practically without having the Holy Spirit there, without having Jesus forgiving your sins. You can't live with a pure heart until your heart's been made pure by the washing of the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Pure in heart, a heart that is clean, that is void of evil, that is sincere, that is upright. And listen to this. I want you to hold on to this thought here. That is without mixture. The pure in heart is without mixture. The heart, the heart, as we look at it in this passage, is the seat of desires. The seat of desires. Do you know Jesus? I want to I challenge you this morning because I think sometimes people confuse religion with Jesus. Sometimes people confuse church affiliation with Jesus. And this is from an old hymn. The old hymn says this, nothing in my hand I bring simply to that cross-cycling. Folks, it is Christ alone that saves and secures. It's nothing else. The Bible says it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. Do you have that heart that has been made pure by Jesus, that has been cleansed by Jesus? Is He now your heart's desire I want to restate, I want to restate for the practical purposes of living out this beatitude. The first step is to know Jesus. The next step is to live it out. Listen to what he said, uh, restate this. Blessed are the unmixed in desires, for they shall see God. So to reframe this beatitude for you for, for, for a moment. Purity without mixture. Purity without flaw. Right, Refined in the fire. Blessed are the unmixed in desires, for they shall see God. Hold on to this thought, because I know some of you are struggling. Hold on to this thought. Go to Matthew chapter 6. Now, we're still in a Sermon on the Mount. He's going to talk about this unmixed heart, this unmixed desire. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, we're living out the pureness of heart practically. Right, You've been made clean by the precious blood of Jesus Christ when you called on Him to be your Savior. Now we need to live out of that place. And he says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also." The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, the whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Therefore the light that is in you, if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now if we're going to live out this pureness of heart practically, we need to have the light of Christ in us, right? We've got to start with that first step of trusting Jesus. Without that, the rest of this sermon falls flat, makes no sense. No one, here it is, blessed are the unmixed of heart, unmixed desires. No one can serve two masters. No one can have mixed desires and expect a good result. He will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and man, and therefore don't worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first. Right? Blessed are the unmixed, right? unmixed in desires, for they shall see God. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble." If your eye is good, blessed are the unmixed of desires, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. If your eye is good, this passage said. Um, Here's here's a definition of good, Mounce's um, Bible Dictionary. It says this, right? Single, hence simple, uncompounded, sound, perfect. This is what that word good means. It's one of the very few times that I look at the King James Version and I say I prefer that translation. Because in the King James Version, he says this. He says, if your eye is single, if your eye is single. Now, when I was a young man, I used to think, so if you're a pirate, come on, work with me here. If you're a pirate or uh, if you're a cyclops, then you're good you're all set, right? That's not... That's not at all what he was talking about. So I had to dig, I had to research, what does this mean if your eye is single? And he's talking about being single-minded. Being unmixed in your mind, in your devotion toward Christ. Blessed are the pure in heart, those with unmixed desires, where Christ is first, most, and best. That is what it means to have a good eye. An eye that is single-mindedly serving Christ. Too many of us live with one foot in our politics and one foot in our Bibles. And if our politics disagree with what our Bible says, we close an eye and we lean toward our politics. Right? If our opinion differs from what the Bible says, we close our eye. We lean toward our opinion. But here's the reality If you're a believer today, your opinion should be broken on the word of the living God. That's just a reality, folks. If you're a believer in Jesus, your opinion should be broken, should be formed and fastened by the word of the living God. We should be serving Him wholeheartedly. We should have a single-minded determination that I will follow Christ. An unmixed desire to be In his presence, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so, I want to challenge you this morning. First of all, if you haven't come to Jesus recognizing that he is God in the flesh and that He died on the cross to take the penalty for your sins and mine and rose from the grave. If you haven't understood that and believed it, I want to challenge you. Will you consider it today? Consider Jesus and what He has done for you and cry out to Him to be your personal and one and only Savior. See, that's important. You must repent of all of your other ideas of what it means to be clean and a Christian and trust in Christ alone. If you're trusting in your good works, you must repent of that, and trust in Christ alone. If you're trusting in your church membership, you must repent of that, and trust in Christ alone. If you're trusting in your heritage, you must repent of that, and trust in Christ alone. If you're a a son or a daughter, and you're trusting in your parent's religion, you must repent of that, and trust in Christ alone alone he's the only one that can give you a new and clean heart now after that i have something for you we need as believers to press pause on our lives this morning and we need to develop a sincere desire for god himself listen i'm a baptist and we'll often pray this lord please fill me with the power of your holy spirit let me tell you something. The power has to be second to the person. You get what I'm saying? The power must be second to the person. Because if you have the person, you have everything else you need. But the reality is if the power is connected to the person of the Holy Spirit, guess who's directing that power now? The Holy Spirit. If you're just praying for power, guess who's sitting on the throne of your heart? You are. I'm going to direct the power. I'm going to direct my steps. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to make God fit into my plans. But if we say, Lord, fill me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with the person of your Holy Spirit. We develop a desire for God. Then He is the one that is directing our steps. He is the one that is directing the power in our lives. We become single-mindedly devoted to Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit came to testify of Christ. It's an amazing thing. And then to convict us in the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment to come. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, I believe this. Now, I don't think that you're necessarily going to see God with with your physical eyes. But I do believe this. A lot more Christians need to see God with their spiritual eyes. We don't live our lives that way. We don't live our lives with an awareness of the presence of God. We put blinders on, we walk around, and we live our lives as if He's an addition to it and not the center of it. You follow? We need to cultivate a desire for God Himself. And so I want to ask you this question. Do you walk daily seeking to be aware of His presence? You do know that He's present. He is within us and beside us whether you're aware of them or not is irrelevant because jesus said i will never leave you and i will never forsake you do you walk with an awareness of the presence of god not necessarily in a uh, he's standing there with a hammer waiting to crack you one. but my friends there is a comfort and a joy in the awareness of the personal presence of God. There is an amazing reality that you, 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 you walk into when you begin to be sensitive to his presence. My son Nate and I were talking. I was bringing him to football practice on Friday morning. And uh, every now and then this happens. We started talking theology. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, he's 14 now and he can actually articulate himself, right? It's, it's cool. It's, it's nicer than like a five-year-old um, trying to think of high... kind. He's, he's like, we're talking high concept. We're talking time, what time is to God, linear versus everything is now, and how God looks at time, and how we look at time. And we were having this, this conversation, and, and one of the things my son said was, wow, you know, Dad, you can't even... You just can't even wrap your head around it. What God can understand, what God knows, what God, you can't even, you, we can't even comprehend this, Dad. And I'm like, there you go, buddy. That is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is an awestruck attitude. And so as I'm going to Duncan's, because I'm going to wait there for an hour while he practices, <laughs> what better place to wait? Um, got my iced coffee. Grabbed my iPad, started making notes for a new sermon series, and we're going to do a sermon series on God and the awesomeness of God and how our attitude should reflect that. And so I started typing this out, and I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to jump into it. Because God is awesome. He is amazing, right? We need to be aware of His presence. What joy would, listen, what joy would permeate your life if you walked in awareness of his presence every single day you would be oh you would be so distinct from those that are around you they might even they might even do this they might say hey what's the reason for the hope that is within you they might even ask the question peter said we need to be ready to give an answer to those that ask for the reason of the hope that's within us How many of us have been asked? And listen, they lived in a place of persecution. It wasn't great for them either. I know you're thinking we're living in this country and everything's falling apart and it's so divisive and horrible. Listen, man, people in Peter's time, it wasn't much better, if better at all. And yet it seemed to have been a commonplace thing where people would approach you and say, hey, how can you be so hopeful when the economy is so uncertain? How can you be so hopeful when we're in the middle of a pandemic where one source tells us one thing, the other source tells us the opposite thing, and nobody knows what to believe? How can you be so hopeful when race relations in our country seem to be at all time high? How can you walk with a light step and hope in your heart? Well, because I have Jesus, and I am in the presence of the living God, even when I'm in the most heartbreaking place of life. In Colossians chapter 3, I'm sorry, before I go there, these passages teach us that we must check our hearts. If you don't have a heart that is single-mindedly devoted to God, you need to check your heart. This scripture teaches us that if we try to serve God and mammon, we will fail. We will hate one, love the other, despise one, be loyal to the other. James teaches us Right, James teaches us that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so one of the ways we can check ourselves is to ask ourselves, is God still on the throne? Do I still think of him every day? Am I aware of his presence? If we're unstable and wavering in our lives, it's an indication of a divided heart. So what can we do? If you then were raised with Christ, those that have had have a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. And here it is. You want a heart that's not divided? Set your mind on things above, not on things on earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Who, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So what do we do? What do we do? We, we're taking stock and we're looking at ourselves and we're introspective. We look in the mirror and we say, I'm wavering in my life. right?" An unsta- a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. I'm unstable. I, I make bad decisions. right? You follow what I'm saying? I, have, I live with a lot of regrets. And you're a believer? That very likely means that your heart is not wholeheartedly devoted to God. You don't have a pure heart. A heart that is single-minded toward Christ. What do we do? You start with your mind. Set your mind. Our heart is tied to our minds. Our minds lead to our heart. Our reasons lead to our emotions. We are told to set our mind on things above. That is an action that you can take. And you have the person of the Holy Spirit in your life that will enable you to take that first step. Uh, in our... in our. Uh, I don't know, y'all. Are you getting my emails? I hope so. I started sending out a new newsletter. It's called Sunday Sermon, Weekday Workout. Sunday Sermon, Weekday Workout. Because it's not enough to hear a Sunday sermon and not work it out in a week, right? And not talking about working out, although obviously I need to. I'm talking about working out your heart. And one of the things that I ask you all to do is this: just take one little step. Take one step. Maybe, maybe this. Spend just a few more moments in prayer throughout the day maybe you take maybe you take one step of instead of just reading your bible in the morning when you get up or in, in bed when you when you go to bed maybe maybe at lunch just open your bible and say lord would you speak to me from your word we take these little steps we begin to set our mind we have this we have this activity that god has called us to to set our mind on things above on christ when our desires for god are undiluted Listen, when our desires for God are undiluted, it brings heaven to earth. How many of you guys are going through a struggle right now? Raise your hand. You're going through a struggle right now. Is it just me? Thank you. By the way, this is a perfect moment. Jen Manter, one of our beloved members, has been diagnosed with breast cancer, stage 3. Um... Stage two? Thanks. Stage two. Should be, she should be recoverable from it. He's chemo. Um, I know this, that in the valley that she is walking through right now, Jesus is walking beside her. And Jen, I know you're watching and you're listening and one of the most important things you can do when you're walking through a difficult valley is develop and awareness of the person of God. And those of you that are family members of this church and you know me and my family, you know that when I speak of trial and trouble, I speak from a place of experience. That if you will develop this mind that is set on things above and this heart that is unmixed in desire toward God, you will experience his presence in your everyday life like you have possibly never known before. And it doesn't mean that he takes away the troubles and trials, but it does mean this, he walks with you through them. And at times, he he picks you up. And he carries you when you can't walk yourself. And at times, he brings people beside you who are living representations of him. And they carry you. Set your mind on things above. Have an unmixed desire for God and you will see God. You will bring heaven to earth in a very real way. And so, this is the question I have as the worship team comes forward. Who has your heart this morning? Who has your heart this morning? Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those whose heart has an unmixed desire for God. What's the rest of that verse say? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Say it with me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Right? Spiritually, they shall, present tense, see God. problem with Christianity today often is this. It's a very natural religion instead of a supernatural religion. My Jesus, the Jesus of the New Testament is a reality in my life. When I was struggling with a situation that we're right in the middle of, and I was walking from my office over here to my house, I said, Lord Jesus, alright, this is, this is big. We're in the middle of a big situation. Where are you? It's very simple. Where are you in this? Where are you? And as I got to the back door to the parsonage, I didn't physically see him, but I'll tell you what, I spiritually saw him. And he reached over to me and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said son I have this you need to go through this right now this needs to happen but on the other side there is something so much better then he said this Just trust me. Just trust me. And I said, "Okay." And I'll tell you, though this has been a massive trial for my family, it has been such a blessing to walk in the presence of Christ through it. And we are now seeing answers to prayers, and we are now observing how He's been moving. And preparing things back. So to God be the glory. We're going to sing a song. Listen, we're going to sing how appropriate a song. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart. Would you please stand and make this a prayer? Make it a prayer. Listen, you might say this. You might say this, Pastor. I'm not there yet. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. And so I'm going to say this, is it right to do? Is it right to offer your heart to God? Is that right to do? Can I I hear an amen? Is it right to do? Is it right to live with a heart that is as an unmixed desire for God? Is that right to do? Is it right to do? Do you feel like doing it? Not all the time, you liars. Right? Do you feel like doing it? I got a pastor friend, John Taylor. Do you always feel like giving your heart to Jesus? We've been in prayer together, and he's one of the, my, my brothers that we pray just about every Wednesday. He's on sabbatical now. Um, I love you, John. and you're, I'm so glad to meet your family. Folks, we don't get it right as pastors all the time. But if it's right to do, It doesn't matter how you feel about it reign those feelings in and let your reason rule your feelings and say lord i don't really feel this but i know it's right to do so the best way i know how i'm going to pray this song here's my heart god may i live with an undivided mind with an unmixed desire where you are sitting on the throne for those of you that don't know jesus as your personal savior i'm going to ask you to pray and trust in Christ this morning. Just turn your heart to Him and say, Lord Jesus, I recognize I'm a sinner and I've been trying to fix myself through religion and good works and all these different areas and I realize that I can't fix myself. I can't cleanse my heart. You died on the cross to do what I could not do. And I am trusting in you, Christ alone. Christ alone, the hope of glory. That's your prayer while we sing this song. Lord, thank you for gathering us together. Thank you that we can come out again and worship and enjoy each other's presence. And Lord, I just pray that for those that needed this message, that it would sink deep into their hearts, that it would be life-changing, Lord, that it would be more than a Sunday sermon, but that it would be a weekday workout. Lord, I I pray for those that haven't yet come to Christ for salvation, that this morning would be the day of their salvation. And for those that are struggling with a divided mind, Lord, with a mixed heart, Lord, help us to sing this song as a prayer to you. Here's my heart, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hey, all Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.